Hello, hello, everybody out there. Here we are again, coming to you from Broadcast Team Alpha. And this is the show for the thinking global citizen that is not afraid to step outside of the box and look around and see what is there. Yes, my name is Augie and my co-host Nori, she's taking some well-deserved time off. And uh, here we go. We are coming to you from 44, I think it is, platforms all around the world because we're also transmitting through the wonderful platform of the Conscious Awakening Network. And because of them, we are also on the Roku, three TV stations, and a bunch of other places, and a horde of social media sites. And uh, check them out. Uh, you're going to like what's on there, because I think they got about 40 different shows that uh, has got anything from the, all the way from you name it to you name it, uh, some of the things that you can't live without. So go have a look. And uh, before I introduce the guest, I also want to tell you how you can connect with us. You can reach us on broadcastteamalpha.com. If you are watching on YouTube right now, please subscribe and click the bell because that way you will get a notification when the next video or show is coming up. And gosh, you know, you don't want to miss that. And um, if you are on YouTube, then just uh, you can participate in the show in the chat room. There's a lively conversation going in there. So, and one more thing I want to mention real quick before I go to the guest, and that is that Nori and I have created a spiritual think tank. And uh, we do incredible things there. There are times when we create out of seemingly nothing because the laws of physics as we know it, does not allow for these things to happen, but they do, especially when it comes to healings and abundance and things that we want to see in our life. And it does happen. So come and join us and let's check it out. They send us an email to the mastermind connection at gmail.com. And here comes the real good part I get to introduce the guest. We have Geraldine Orozco that is coming back to broadcast him alpha. And for those of you that like to <clears throat> serve the internet while you listen, uh, here is her website. That's Geraldine Orozco, I think I pronounced it that way, dot com. And uh, Geraldine is pretty simple to spell, but I'm going to spell the last section of that web address because it is O-R-O-Z-C-O.com. Uh, this was going to be really interesting because it's rare to find someone that is certified in so many different areas of the healing arts and the paranormal. <clears throat> Uh, she is the owner and the founder of the Bay Area Meditation Center. That's a San Francisco-based company. Also, corporate uh, meditations she do. She's a hypnotherapist, neuro-linguistic practitioner, mindfulness stress reduction therapist. She does Qigong, master and certified in quantum energy healing, chronic healing. And that's just a few things. <clears throat> and also, well over 10 years ago now, she had a life-changing interdimensional experience, which resulted in the activation of tremendous psychic abilities. Since then, she has uh, had hypnotic regression and found she has had long and lasting alien interdimensional contact. And uh, we really like to hear about that one. And also, um, she is going to be one of my favorite things to talk about. She's going to be talking a little bit about DNA reprogramming. Because, yes, it is, it's real. 
you can do that. Uh, there's a new science coming online. It's called epigenetics and explains fairly simple how to do it. Now, I didn't say easy, but it's simple. So we're going to hear more about that because this is something that everybody can do once they start changing the environment and uh, a lot of things in their life. And uh, there's also a reason why she founded hybridmothers.com because she is a hybrid. And this is something that goes in the family and we're gonna hear more about that because this is gonna be an interesting show. And uh, welcome to the show, Geraldine. Hello, Augie, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, we're so glad to have you here because you were on here, I think a couple of years ago. Yes, And yes. thinking back on the show, I remember there was so much that we wanted to talk about and we didn't have the time. Yes, yes, I look forward to touching on some of those topics today. Yeah, and um, what there's so much to talk about. What would you like to start out explaining for us or what you can do? Well, you know, uh, probably talk a little bit about what I do and the connection between what I do and um, the area of my research, which is um, primarily about uh, DNA reprogramming, holographic DNA, and how we store trauma, ancestral trauma in our genetic code, how it expresses into our everyday lives, and how those experiences are passed down through generations, um, which led me to my love of the topic, um, and then in becoming an epigenetic psychotherapist. So that's my primary practice um, is uh, epigenetic psych psychotherapy. And um, it's incredible the things that I encounter in these sessions as we begin to uncover the emotional body of people uh, and learning about blockages that they might hold in their subconscious mind. And um, what I discovered through this work is that as we dive deeper into these emotions, these traumas, there also seems to be an, an overlay um, uh, in which we are accessing a deeper level of the subconscious mind where people are remembering interdimensional contact. Um, so one of the things that is interesting about the work that I do is the linking between interdimensional contact, uh, our spirituality, and essentially our ascension. What does it mean to ascend? How are we ascending naturally? How that shifts uh, the kind of life experiences that we have? Um, so those are the primary areas and um, how I got into this was um, by doing my own personal uh, awakening process uh, for several years of deprogramming my own DNA that opened me up to the awareness of interdimensionality um, and then having an interdimensional contact in 2013, um, which resulted in the activation of psychic abilities. And from there, having to learn how to integrate and utilize those psychic abilities, which is why I became interested in the healing arts um, and learning about energy, because, um, you know, even though I had been working with my own subtle bodies for some time, um, to have that veil completely ripped open and to see the other side of these energies and how they feel, how, how they work and how you see them in other people. Um, you know, it's a completely different integration process. So um, that this is, this is what brought my interest to learn how to become a pranic healer, simply to understand what I was looking at and how to use energy. Um, and uh, then it kind of went into the other areas um, in including hypnotherapy. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, for those of you out there that who is wondering why I only have my picture up there is because here in Tucson we have I have an unstable internet connection is what this deep flashing on the screen here so I gotta be a little sparsely with the bandwidth that we're using. Anyway, now you what you just talked about that is something that people have a lot of difficulties wrapping their head around that interdimensionality. But there are a lot of people that had look at it, the near-death experiences and psychic experiences and downloads and different things. What do you suggest for people? Maybe you could help them get a little more insight into how they can open up so they can have a look at what's on the other side of the veil. Yeah, 
Well, if you think of it this way, interdimensionality is just the way that we're measuring time and space and um, uh, you know how we are organizing and, and, and uh, measuring the things that are around us. I mean, uh, if we understand and we microscopically look down at this finger, we're going to find all kinds of little creatures living and existing in this little area of a finger. Um, so it's like an entire different dimension in which things that we cannot see are existing in that space. Um, but it's the same if you zoom out and if you think of that as looking around you. Um, what we're looking at is variations of frequency that the human is learning how to tune into like a radio station. Um, and that, that's really what it's about. So um, why people have, why people see ghosts, why people have access into these interdimensional realms is because their frequency goes into resonance with these realms um, that mm -hmm. allows them to have this kind of exchange. Um, and in reality, we have all kinds of things surrounding us. And I think that psychics, mediums, uh, people that have cultivated their higher faculties, which are a must for our organism it, it is actually part of our survival package that we learn how to cultivate our intuition and our intuition faculties which involve all five senses all five senses are basically radio channels that pick up different waves of frequency of information whether it's being something you hear something you see uh, something that you feel in the body um, those are just different waves of patterns of frequency that you're picking up so really uh, the human body is like this radio receptor it's like a router that is inputting and outputting that data constantly uh, your level of awareness is the only thing that blocks you from either uh, processing what you're seeing and receiving or not processing and um, in the same way that access to these interdimensional realms um, has to do with this frequency um, there is a way to cultivate that vision to fine-tune it and Essentially, the cultivation of our higher faculties has a lot to do with how we are using our energy centers in the body. Okay, where mm -hmm. most of us are aware now that we have chakra system, which are deeply interconnected to our endocrine system. And so these uh, endocrine systems that are responsible for secreting chemicals, biochemicals, are creating electric charges in the body, which are essentially emotions, right? So the emotions that we feel create, create these biochemicals biochemical responses in the body and those are creating frequency patterns from the body outwardly so um, our ability to understand ourselves and our emotions is really the core uh, at the very root mechanism of being able to activate these higher faculties the more that we learn how to master the emotional body and try to bring it into a regulated nervous system because remember the nervous system is the one that is sending those signals uh, of survival fight or flight feeling and sensation throughout the body and anytime those receptors become blocked in a state of survival uh, the human cannot access those higher faculties or that intuitive ability um, which is essentially we, we call it that gut feeling um, we don't listen to that or we don't respond to that in a way in a mindful way um, so this is usually what blocks individuals from be having access to these uh, abilities. And there's this is a very in-depth topic, but in addition to learning how to regulate your nervous system, um, being completely in the present moment and in a state of observation of yourself um, is, is actually an entire shift in the body. Uh, taking time for meditation. Meditation actually grows gray matter in the brain and it grows it down the spine. And the growing of gray matter creates a vessel, a very strong vessel for the conduit process of the transmutation of frequencies. Uh, what kind of frequencies are we talking about? Emotion, that electric uh, charge that is created by emotions. Remember that emotions are um, energy in motion. They are charges. So uh, the charge that we give out to the emotional body is what we are moving through this system. And there is an order. There's a self-organizing order to that information. So when the human brings that into a state of uh, homeostasis, 
in a state of a regulated nervous system, what happens is that the body begins to shift in the way that they're processing frequencies. It's no longer processing very low, heavy frequencies. It's actually processing really high frequencies. And those are usually processed from the heart, the throat, the third eye, and sometimes even the crown, which is actually a really important part of the body. And it is uh, the, the integration of the heart, the throat, and the third eye, which is called uh, the upper dantian, okay? So we have uh, energy center, uh, cultivation centers, which when you cultivate the first three chakras, they begin to integrate into a lower dantian, okay? So that's the mastery of the emotional body, uh, whether you feel safe in your body, whether your exchanges are, uh, you know, harmonious with the outer world, um, and whether you feel empowered um, in, your, in your physical body and the exchanges that you're doing. So the integration of these belief systems is actually what integrates and creates a really strong foundation. And this can only be cultivated through meditation practices. Okay, so in at the same time that you're cultivating and integrating these lower programs, all the instinctual parts of the body into a transmutation of a refined state of your life force, um, essentially that is creating a foundation to host higher frequencies. And the heart is the largest magnetic field in the body. Um, and this is very important because when the heart goes into coherence with the brain, um, this is where you begin to integrate the upper and the middle dantian, okay? And so this is how you can activate your ability to see and interact more in the interdimensional realms. I mean, you, you, are, you are actively, proactively working in those realms by working with these energy centers because the energy centers are the filters of our perception. They literally are your reality. Your entire universe is being projected within the fields of your body. And so we are navigating those every moment. Um, and so finally, the integration of the middle and the upper dantian allow you to begin to anchor into higher uh, uh, frequencies through the source cord. We have a source, a cord that moves to the body, which is uh, the cord that connects us. It's, it's the, the zero point cord that connects to all dimensional layers of the body. And this is really powerful because in dream time, the whole point of this is that all the work that we're doing to become lucid in waking state through the cultivation of this nervous system is essentially what bleeds into a dream state. And that means that the more lucid you become in dream state, because most of these interdimensional interactions are happening in dream state. When we go into hyp hypnagogic state, um, this is when uh, the brain waves shift enough to create melatonin and then even sometimes DMT when we cultivate that. And that's when we start entering into these other dimensional realms where we experience things. Um, outside of what we're seeing in the physical world. Um, so, you know, those dreams for someone that is deeply disconnected from their bodies are going to be extremely abstract. They're not going to have a lot of clarity. It's going to be, you know, kind of jumbled information. But as the person does some of this work to regulate their nervous system, to integrate the mind-heart connection, they begin to organize this information and become more lucid and the kind of dreams that they begin to have actually is them navigating in these realms and they become aware of that. Um, and so to end this thought, um, we actually create agreements, uh, contractual experiential agreements. When we incarnate into this physical body, uh, we are experiencing separation for just a temporary moment. And during that separation is is encoded certain frequencies of experiences that we're going to be having both terrestrial and also interdimensional so the key in becoming lucid is that so you can begin to exercise your ability to discern the kind of experiences that you're having and they can change your life in waking state and in these interdimensional states um, so if we want to learn to access that information this is basically how we would have to um, break down that process. Boy, oh boy, that was a lot of information in a short time there. Thea, 
when people are doing these kinds of practices, there's something that is very important and you mentioned it and I've been talking about it for years and that is meditation. I think the key to higher consciousness for most people will come through meditation. Could you speak a little bit, because you have a meditation group out there in San Francisco. Speak a little bit about how important meditation is, and not just doing it once a month, but do it every day in order to condition the mind to be constant and open up that gate into the quantum. Speak on this a little bit. Yes, thank you. Well, meditation is definitely... Um... It, it should be a part of our uh, human toolbox. Um, it's not something that we talk about a lot. I mean, I think more recently it's becoming integrated in our Western culture now. Um, but uh, thankfully, and, and this is the whole reason why I opened Bay Area Meditation is to teach corporate meditation programs, um, you know, in, in the 2009, 2008, when this was mindfulness was just coming into the whole realm at Stanford. Um, so the whole point of this, of bringing mindfulness, you know, mindfulness, practicing mindful awareness um, is really not just to compartmentalize, you know, meditation has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with even the idea that it's a compartment, compartmentalized spiritual practice. It is actually mental and energetic hygiene, which is essential to the human uh, existence. You know, um, I don't want to say survival. We want to try to move out of survival, but it's absolutely essential to the navigation uh, of a human in their everyday lives. Um, and I would love for you to think of meditation, not just as a practice that you do maybe an hour or 15 minutes a day, but rather that you bring and you integrate the mindfulness awareness into your entire life, every single moment of your waking state. Um, so for this reason, um, you know, I have trained under uh, Vipassana for many, many years. That was my entryway into meditation world. Um, and I think it's essential for people to learn Vipassana meditation, which is simply a state of absolute observation. You're just watching the breath inhale and exhale in the body, training yourself to regulate your nervous system, and at the minimum, creating a pause between your response mechanism and your observation of the experiences that you're having around you. And that is essentially, if you can break that pattern of responding to things um, without taking a pause, um, immediately you're going to be changing yourself bioelectrically and biochemically in your body um, because most of the illnesses that we have today in our world today are a result of stress and anxiety and remember that stress is an entire uh, kit of chemical um, uh, secretions that we are having in our body that over time when we abuse and, and become actually addicted to suffering, to pain, to sorrow, to sadness, to um, emotions of loneliness and disconnect, they are, we, we become addicted to that. And it becomes so familiar for that, that for some of us, um, we've been experiencing these emotions even since the womb. Okay, so these are going to be really difficult patterns to break until we become aware of those, of the addiction and the comfort, this, unco this uncomfortable comfort that we feel in these emotions, um, to be able to break those patterns. Um, and essentially the human has to teach themselves and, and every single human, this is what I do in my, in my DNA reprogramming, um, you know, we, we start with meditation and through the meditation we go deep into the subconscious to work with emotional body. But you begin to uncover the emotions that most people are running away from. Uh, what makes mm -hmm. meditation challenging for most people uh, is the difficulty in, in navigating the emotions that have been stored, avoided uh, for, you know, sometimes a lifetime. Um, so for meditation, one, one tool that I can give uh, audience li listeners is to, uh, when you come into this state of observation, to train yourself to uh, look at things from a non-dualistic perspective, rather a state of neutrality, where whatever you observe coming up, you don't immediately apply meaning to, or you don't immediately judge. You try to be as neutral as possible. 
so that um, you don't get overwhelmed with the emotions because that's usually what ends up happening. And so to assist with any feelings of strong emotions coming up, breathing is a very important technique that the reason for breathing has to do with uh, working with your neural pathways in regulating this nervous system through the breath. Okay, so as you breathe, you are helping your nervous system relax, come into a state of relaxation. And um, over yeah. time, when you practice this, oh, yes, Augie, go ahead. No, 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 I, I totally agree because uh, a lot of things, when you sit in meditation, you have these unwanted thoughts come up, and you can, a thought can pop in that you haven't thought for 18 years, and it just shows up, and it may not be a good one. So we have to deal with, we had to put it to bed again. And there's a lot of things that, that have to be, um, has to be dealt with. And I see right now that uh, we're at the bottom of the hour. And for those of you that joined us late, uh, my name is Augie. And of course you are watching the broadcast team alpha show. And we are talking with Gerald Dean Orozco are talking about uh, DNA programming and meditation. And I would like for her to talk a little bit about what she can help people with in those arenas. And then I want to get to something that I know a lot of people are waiting for. And that is that she have had some extraterrestrial contact and hibernation. I think I pronounced that right experience and that is going to get very deep so could you what if somebody came to you and say i have these uh, urges to i feel i'm missing something i need to learn what is my purpose and i need to grow what would you suggest to those people because i get them they come to me and gosh, no, if they come to me, they got to come to you. Yes. Did you want me to answer that now? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. Um, well, number one is get to know yourself. Get to know yourself. Okay. So um, to me, that's really the most powerful uh, place to begin is to just sit with yourself and become acquainted with yourself. Uh, get to know your shadows, get to know your positives, your negatives, all of the parts of you get to know it deeply. Um, because what ends up happening is that because we're so disconnected from what we are and who we are, we actually start to look outside of us for these answers. And often that can help us. But most of the time, uh, each human is so complex and so beautiful. They are an entire universe to themselves that really your medicine is really within you and it's encoded in your DNA because you literally come into manifestation into this physical body um, through the lineage of your ancestry with very specific information, programs, belief systems that you are designed to break. So if you find yourself in a moment of overwhelm or confusion or disconnect, the, the thing is to sit and begin to identify what are those programs, what are those things that are the repetitive patterns of ancestral memories that we are causing us suffering in this lifetime. Um, and we want to learn how to transmute them into a state of uh, bliss, essentially. Um, but it's not, it's, how, how do you access that bliss state is by deeply sitting, understanding, observing, and integrating all of those belief systems that are no longer in resonance with you, that no longer support your well-being, uh, the harmonious state within the body, regulated nervous system, um, and longevity and health, which the key to that is to have a regulated nervous system. Uh, mm. So this is, uh, this is what I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. Know that know thyself. That is so important. And I'm not so sure there's all that many people that do. Right. Maybe we need some help, all of us. Yeah. Chances are that. And uh, now on the DNA programming, I just want to dwell on that for just a moment because when when people hear that DNA re reprogramming. 
they're gonna say what's that you know that if you got six toes on your right foot that is genetic and you can't really change all that all that easy but there are other things let's say that you look back and you say well my grandfather he died from cancer my mom died from cancer so i'll probably have the genetic code of cancer so i'll probably die from cancer too there, there is thoughts like this that people have and it may be that they have a genetic marker that is open for things to happen that can promote those things but we can also turn those markers off and i think you can help people do that Yes, exactly. Now, uh, I love that you brought up this uh, example of the cancer that passes down through generations. I have a lot of clients that, uh, you know, come to me with these kinds of diseases. Either they are beginning to show signs of some of these uh, complications or, um, you know, they want to prevent them. And um, the key is, and, and this is from the basics of epigenetics, that essentially if we create an environment of illness in the body, then of course illness will exist in the body. But there is also a way of creating health in the body in which illness cannot exist. And it has a lot to do with the entire structure of your body and how you are using and where the cultivation of your life force um, is being directed. Now, our bodies are very beautiful and complex. As I mentioned, we have energy centers in the body. And the way that they self-organize is by the ranges of lowest frequency to highest frequency. Now, when we are using these uh, frequencies in the body and the one that we're mostly overactive and out of balance, the, they expand. So for example, if we're in a constant state of survival, our root chakra is very enlarged and it's very imbalanced. And mind you that the body is so beautifully and complex, um, complex has a complexity of organization. Uh, the right side of the body represents the masculine, the left represents the feminine, the back of the body represents the feminine and the front represents the masculine. So I just want you to take a look at your bodies and where do you have most of your health problems? What side of your body do you have more complications? That will tell you uh, which one of your dualistic energies is most out of balance. And usually that will define the kind of perception that you're having towards the outside world. So if you if you have these kinds of imbalances in the body, working with your chakra and your energy centers is essentially very important because why? What are the chakras? The chakras function like routers. And the routers, because they are the endocrine system that process certain chemicals in the body um, as a response to uh, triggers, okay, that's the important thing we need to understand. So as a response to external triggers, we have internal responses. Now, all of that can be true. You, you are living in an environment, let's say you live in a very toxic environment. There is something that occurs in the body that because of the way we are built, we are multidimensional. We literally have uh, our entire multidimensional body around us. We can choose what we take into the body. So even if we are surrounded with a lot of chaos around us, we can choose what we allow to affect us. And how things affect us is through the emotional body, because that is the charge of creation. Um, it is the charge of our life force. Um, sorry, Mac, I think we lost Augie there. Mac, did we lose Augie? Okay, no problem. Okay, okay. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right. Sorry about that, everyone. All right. So, um, yeah, so just to to summarize what I'm saying that essentially, um, we, if we can choose what we, we accept and allow to affect our physical bodies through the emotional body, we either create an environment for health or for illness. So that's really, really important. And as Augie was saying earlier, that we, those markers can be turned on and off. If we reinforce, it's just like neural pathways, okay? So if you're reinforcing a belief system of unworthiness, 
um, or not good enough, that's like a neural pathway that you're reinforcing. So when you change that belief system, you create a new neural pathway. So in that same way, this human physical body is highly regenerative, okay? It's constantly regenerating. The organs in the body regenerate, the cells in your skin are regenerating. Um, so we have the ability to regenerate the entire body into a state and every moment of your awareness is important to creating a foundation of healing in the body. So we want to try to welcome that awareness moment by moment in order to not repeat the patterns that caused the environment of illness of our ancestors, of mother, father, great-grandmother, great-grandfather. Um, and remember that illness is, is uh, first beginning with a very somatic root, okay? That means emotional body, right? So all illnesses are rooted in the emotional body. If we have unresolved emotions, disconnecting and disassociating from strong belief systems, this disconnect is perfect to create disharmony in the body. And that disharmonious mm -hmm. disconnect is what causes this environment for illness. Augie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you perfect. Okay, good. Good, because uh, my screen went off and then came back on again. So that's evidently the evidence of my poor internet connection tonight so and uh, yeah that's that is important because there is things in our environment that is not necessarily for a higher good and we need to identify it and we need to change change is the hard part boy oh boy we don't like change but uh, sometimes it is very important and uh, I wanted to visit another subject, and that is that a little over 10 years ago, you had an extraterrestrial experience. And uh, deriving from that, you ended up with some uh, probably more than one of the hybridization experiences. Could you talk us through this? Because this is something that a lot of most people never talk about it that they may have had those experiences. And that is what uh, hybridmother.com is all about. So for those of you out there that have had an experience, an extraterrestrial experience, and possibly a pregnancy from that, which is not all that uncommon, it does happen, you need to go check out hybridmother.com because there is help and there's other people with your experience. So please, Geraldine, just lead us down the path on this one. Yes, thank you. Well, um, I'll start by saying I am a lifelong contactee. So what does that mean? I didn't know that I was a lifelong contactee when I was a child, but at the age of five, um, I had these incredible experiences and memories of these experiences that were so strong that I could never shake them or forget them. Um, and the nature of these experiences and memories were, for example, a bright light entering into my room and then I'm missing time for several hours in the middle of my playing with toys. Um, and the second time that this happened, um, I was 16. I was living in South America for a couple years during high school. And after teaching English one night, I'm walking down the cobblestone street. And next thing I know, it turns completely black. I go into this strange space, these beings are there, and then I lose consciousness again. Um, and then I find myself and I regain consciousness. I'm sitting up in my bed. Um, nobody knows how I got home. Nobody saw me come home. Um, it was just a completely strange missing time from nine to about three in the morning. Um, and then again, flash forward to several years later, um, uh, when I was already back in the States and uh, I had this very strange becoming ill, like I began fainting everywhere I was going. And uh, when I went to the doctor, the doctor discovered something that 
he can only describe as an amoeba, but they couldn't they couldn't identify what kind of amoeba. Um, he asked me if I had been out of the country, if I had been you know traveling. The answer was no. Uh, for the past two three years before that, I had not left the country, um, and they could not find a cure for it. They couldn't find how to resolve the issue, but essentially my body was dying. And one night after two weeks of uh, two or three weeks of losing 50 pounds in, in, in those three weeks, um, severe reactions to the uh, medications that they would try to give me, which was the first time that this happened. Um, so nothing was working. And one night, a brilliant dream, a dream of a brilliant white light, uh, a golden yellowish light uh, comes towards me, uh, touches me on the forehead, and when I wake up the next day, it's completely gone. Everything, the symptoms, the side effects, everything's just gone. And so I go to the doctor um, and I tell him, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better for some reason. And, and um, he doesn't know. They run tests and they can't find anything. He says, well, I don't know what to tell you. It's it's gone. You're, you know, you're fine. And that's all we care about. Um, and then shortly after that, um, uh, my partner, which I was partnered with, and we were actually engaged, passed away. Um, and when he passed away, I kind of spiraled into this, you know, sorrow, this sadness. Um, but within this time of the three months after his passing away, um, I uh, discovered that I was, uh, I was pregnant. And I had not been with him even before the three months because he had been busy traveling and working. Um, and then, of course, he passed away. And I went to the doctor. We couldn't understand how I could become pregnant. Um, and this, these kind of anomalous pregnancy happened a couple times, actually. This was the first time. And then there was another time after that. But the reason why this is a strange experience, because the pregnancy would last maybe four weeks, um, you know, uh, six weeks. And then after that, I would have a dream in which a white light comes back and the white light touches me. And uh, they, I have this vision of something being removed from my belly, uh, my umbilical cord. And then I'm brought back into consciousness. Okay, so it's not just... Um, these anomalous pregnancies that affect the physical body, but also it's combined with these interdimensional dream-like experiences that are incredibly vivid. Um, and uh, essentially, I still didn't understand during that time that this contact was relating to aliens or, you know, what I call interdimensionals. I don't call them aliens, I call them interdimensional beings, um, because that, that's what they are. Um, and it wasn't until after that that I began to meditate very, very deeply, and I began to do that deprogramming work. And in 2013, which actually uh, was the Friday of October, Friday the 13th in October in 2013, um, uh, this is where I had this experience that uh, a white light came into my room, and I was completely conscious and awake. And I go to the window, I look out the window, and then the white light draws me out of my room. Um, and these six tall grays now, so now I'm seeing them completely visible, completely crystal clear um, in front of me. And they take me on board this craft that is like a lenticular plasma oscillating light source. And as I'm being brought into that craft, um, you know, the technology is ultra consciousness, like I'm stepping into the craft and I can feel the craft, feel me coming in and I can, I, I can sense the craft underneath me. Um, it's just phenomenal technology and it's, it's curved, it has like curved hallways and I go to the left and as I'm walking down this corridor, um, they begin to create holograms around me, almost as if they're kind of concealing what is around the craft. And they bring me into this room, and in, when I turn around, there are two greys with my aunt in her nightgown walking directly in front of me. And as I try to reach out and call to her, you know, she, I, nothing comes out of my mouth. Um, and she goes and she gets lost behind that hologram, and then they clear it, and I'm inside the craft in what seems like a control type of room. I can see beyond the craft. The craft is... A metallic plasma but also see-through and I can see the stars through that and I'm seeing a oval console on the right with these incredible holographic um, technology that look like a navigation panel of some kind 
Um, and on the left side, I'm seeing these three shorter grays now, like grays with big eyes. And um, they are showing me this prism container. It's like a holographic prism. And within, within it are eight layers. And from these layers emerges this incredible information. Um, the first layer comes out this alien language that they show me. And as I try to make sense of the language, I can't recognize anything other than a few shapes, a few symbols, one being a symbol that I used to draw as a little child every day, everywhere. Another one being mathematical pies or infinity symbols. And the more I would relax, it would be a telepathic imagery that would come into my mind. And what they were communicating to me were concepts that were universal concepts. I mean, just information that our human brain can yes, barely yes, ladies and gentlemen. It was just massive information. And I know now what that information was, but at the time I did not know. And um, next, uh, they take me to the Pleiades, and I'm taken to the planet Maya. And in the planet Maya, they begin to show me that I was a Pleiadian in a council. Um, and they show me a couple timelines within the planet Maya. They show me the time that I am in that council, and they show me a time when I am teaching to thousands and thousands of Pleiadians there in, in the Pleiadian, uh, um, you know, planet. And um, it had a lot to do with what I was going to be doing in the future. You know, this is 2013, uh, but I didn't know it then. And so they bring me back on board the craft and they begin to show me eight little lights. And from those eight little lights, four of them manifest into these little children. And one of them are, is a child that I used to have this reoccurring dream as a child that from a white light, my mother would be holding the hand of this little girl with blonde hair, but she doesn't, she's not 100% human. Her pupils are the size of this ocular socket. And the way that they connect to me is I can immediately recognize them. And trust me, they didn't really look anything like me. They had blonde hair, brown, light brown hair, these incredible, gigantic eyes. Um, their bodies were more frail. They were kind of grayish in the tone of their skin. And one of them was even a combination of a reptilian being with a human species. So I was shocked. Um, but more so than the way that they looked, I was shocked about how I hadn't remembered. I, I didn't understand how I didn't know they existed. And in that moment of connecting with the children, all of the memories came flooding back of moments where I had been on board craft, holding the children, giving birth to the child, not in our traditional way here on earth. Um, but, um, you know, just this incredible combination of guilt and confusion and then just unsure what to do. Um, and they removed the children and I became very sad because I thought, you know, I, I should stay here with them. Um, but they ask me telepathically, they communicate telepathically with me, asking me, um, why are you suffering? Don't you understand? And from there, they began to show me uh, the matrix or uh, the holographic construct of this universe to the very detail of a flower all the way to what a human was, what a soul was, um, and what a soul does on this earth plane, essentially, and their role in the hybridization program. So that information was incredibly shocking for me at that time. I was not prepared for it because um, even in my own spiritual work, all the work that I had done was completely about my terrestrial ancestral programs past lives but i didn't understand this entire realm of interdimensionality that existed beyond this planet or this earth um you know and then all of the memories of my lifetime and these experiences and these anomalous pregnancies began to make sense and so uh what happened was that when i woke up you know i i, I Got, came back into consciousness. I'm at the edge of my bed. Um, I have these little burn marks over here. It's like burning sensation. Uh, and the bottom of my feet is, is dirty as I had left my house. I don't sleepwalk. I don't, I'm not like somnambulist and I'm not, um, it wasn't a sleep paralysis of any kind. Um, and it was from 3.33 in the morning exactly to about 6.15 in the morning. And 
on Monday, so this happened on a Friday to a Saturday, I slept all day Saturday, couldn't leave, my body was aching and hurting. Um, I told my parents what happened to me on Sunday, um, and my parents shared with me that they had also had a lot of contact experience in their youth, which shocked me again. Um, and then on Monday, when I go back to work uh, teaching meditation, um, I'm shocked by seeing my client and her entire multidimensional body, um, all of the colors, the energies, the emotions, um, you know, and after that session, I went back home and I, I couldn't leave my house for about three months because my level of sensitivity was so strong. It just, um, I couldn't just have a normal life anymore. So this is why I sought out to learn about these different modalities, uh, pranic healing, because they talk about subtle energy bodies and um, they talk a lot about, um, you know, what the structure of the energetic body looks like. And that's what I was seeing essentially. Um, so yeah, so to uh, end that um, in 2017, um, I spent five years, I never told a single soul what happened other than my uh, immediate family, um, but I was invited to do the documentary of Extraordinary Deceiting, and that's when my story became public. And I discovered through the film, by talking to my aunt, that she had an experience the same night that I had seen her on the craft. She ended up in the hospital with a dream that a being came and injected something in the back of her neck. And then she came back into consciousness with a fever and ended up being rushed to the hospital um, on exactly Friday the 13th of 2013. Um, so that was a shock mm. to me because it kind of um, confirmed to me, you know, that it was a conscious experience with another participant of my family. And um, I guess that opened up for my whole family to start talking about ET contact. And a lot of my members of my family have had contact and even with similar species. Um, and when I went into the research of this with my own support group, I also found the same people that have ET contact Actually, it runs in families, goes down the generations, the kind of experiences they're having, the agreements that they have, participation in the hybridization program, um, which affects humans, both male and female, are having these kinds of anomalous experiences. And mm -hmm. yeah, so what it brought me to research was DNA, because that is essentially the blueprint of creation. And our most powerful life force is our creative life force, which is our sexual energy in the semen and in the egg is encoded the most potent um, core information of creation. Okay, and through the mitochondria, which is an aggregate copy of the before passed down generations of information that is both terrestrial and interdimensional. Um, so, you know, epigenetics is not just about our environment and what we're doing, but it's also the kind of experiences that we're collecting in dream time, which is something that mm -hmm. a lot of the ancient civilizations, American Indians, the Hopis, um, you know, the ancient Egyptians, the Mayans, uh, the Indians, of uh, Hindu religion, they have all been studied for centuries. And this is information that is, it's deeply embedded in the subconscious of our humanity. Yeah, I understand. You mentioned something here, uh, the documentary that you were part of, The Extraordinary, The Seeding. Where can people see that? Yes, um, you guys can find it basically on all major um, outlets of film. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon. Uh, it was on Netflix for some time, I believe. Um, so you can you can find it pretty much anywhere. Um, you just look it up, Extraordinary, The Seeding. Um, and there are also other... Um, there, I've, there are other also projects that I've worked on that are very in interesting, like Half Light, you, Half Light, you can check that out. And also um, Unidentified with Ben Hansen on the Travel Channel. It's another very good series of ET contact. If you're trying to find and learn about that, you can check out. Wow, yeah. And uh, gosh, uh, <laughs> I still think that I got stuff that we wanted to talk about, but I see we're getting down towards the end here. But the um, the multidimensionality of what you can experience now, I am sure that was given to you on board the craft. They probably, do you think you have an implant uh, or uh, did they just do it uh, through the genetics? 
No, and you know, it's not really even something that someone else is doing to you. Actually, it's a result of what happens when we move from one dimension to another. Um, you know, the amount, the amount of contactees that have activated abilities of some kind as a result of some of these experiences speaks to the fact that this is very much about frequency. It's very much about DNA becoming activated when there is a, a, a shift in the environment. Okay, so the frequency that we're in, when we change frequencies, we literally change. Um, uh, we activate DNA. That's what happens. Um, what does that mean? We are turning on those markers of higher faculties that process higher wavelength frequencies. So remember that the human vision can only see a certain range of colors, but there's lots of other frequencies that are moving all around us. And so when we turn the mm. radio wave to be able to perceive those, we can actually see beyond the physical. And that's actually what this is about. It just becomes activated. Yeah, and that is one of those things that you can help people with. That's right. That's right. I train people to activate higher faculties. Uh, my primary mm -hmm. areas of research and training are alchemy, working with our sexual life force and transmutation. That's one of the number one areas that are very important for us to understand is the cultivation of our core creative energy, redirecting it back into creativity co-creation rather than counter-creation, which is the depletion of our life force. Um, and mm -hmm. the cultivation of our creative life force is what activates our intu intuitive abilities. Um, so I train people to do that in many different ways, and it's very relevant to you having a successful life, you know, uh, healthy relationships, um, and health in the body, which is essential. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, yeah, we're down to the end of the show here, but I want to mention her website again, Geraldine Orozco, O-R-O-Z-C-O.com, and uh, get in touch with her. Go to her website and have a look. There's things in there that makes your mind say, hmm. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah. For those of you that is interested in meditation, and uh, she's also a hypnotherapist and a neuro-linguistic programmer, there's things here that people can learn a lot from. And she also does mindfulness stress reduction therapy. And uh, she talked to you about Qigong. And she's also a quantum energy healer and a practic practic uh, pranic is what it says, healing artists so she is very well rounded in her uh, capabilities so this was so, wonderful thank you so much yeah my primary area is epigenetic psychotherapy so that's what i do in in the modality called dna reprogramming and they can book through my website um but also, if you want to get a lot of free content and information, you can just reach me on YouTube at Geraldine Orozco. Um, I have a lot of, right now I'm hosting a challenge, a 30-day challenge to integrate um, any aspect of ourselves that is dealing with rebirth and death. Okay, so these are, I've done laws of the universe, emotional mastery. So you can check out those meditation challenges. They go very deep into the work um, and it's free. You can get that on my YouTube channel. Yeah, so yeah. thank you so go much, to, It's such an honor to be yeah. here. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, go to YouTube and um, subscribe to her channel. There's a lot of good stuff coming. I have been following her from a distance for a long time. Thank you. Thank you, Aki. All such right. Well, oh, I have a favorite question, Geraldine. Let me ask yeah. you. If you could talk to the whole world and the world is listening, what would you tell them? Oh my God, so much to say. Okay, well, <laughs> I would, I would uh, simply say to uh, learn what love is in order to love yourself. Uh, love is not an emotion. It is not a romantic emotion. Love is a state of being. Um, it is a state of the activation of this body um, and our higher faculties. So when we learn how to love ourselves and love those outside of us, we tune into that unconditional love and unconditional love can only emerge from a state of non-dualistic 
neutrality, the zero point, the zero point um, in which this uh, non-judgment state begins to come out. Okay, so wow. that, that just a couple little words, but I hope that people dig into that because that's kind of like very Message important. Message your video. Yeah, thank you. Hang, hang on just a second, I gotta get... Sure. All right. Yeah, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, we can get you back again sometime. That will, there's so much more to talk about. Oh, good. I would love to. Thank you, Augie. Yeah, thank you very much for being with us. So, uh, and now, until next time, be good to each other and subscribe on.